This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. Okay, the brand needs to be gorgeous and it needs to be beautiful. It needs to be a showstopper. We're, we're kind of like, hey, what if it was on a grocery store shelf and how do you get people to stop and look at that? So kind of thinking about that brand is like, hey, how does it grab your attention? And then, um, you know, I'll actually go to our, our, our true roots, which is digital. How does our brand grab you? It stops your scroll and it makes you want to be curious and to look farther into what that product is or what we're up to. This was Chris Boyd, who is the co-founder of Monday, a Southern California distillery that crafts non-alcoholic spirits such as gin and whiskey. The brand is only a year old and its impeccable design caught my eye from day one. Chris and I talk about how community and authenticity are key to building his brand and he is walking the talk as he has 1,366 shareholders who he is reporting to. And of course, we talk about the power of design and how the big question why should be fundamental to any entrepreneur's journey of building their brand. A spirited conversation all around. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thanks, baby, and thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm super excited. Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, looking, looking into your brand history, it's, it's only been around two years, you know, give or take, since you launched into the non-alcoholic spirits category with a flavor-forward zero-alcohol chin in a design-forward packaging, and you made quite the waves ever since. Take us back to the start. How did you come up with the idea, and how did you make it into a reality? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, all the entrepreneurs listening in can, can probably relate. You know, I, I had a aha moment just kind of being out with friends. And, and, you know, I, I basically looked around trying to see if I could be a customer of someone's product that was going to scratch my itch. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't really work out. And, and it was almost like, a, you know, hey, challenge accepted, like, I'm, I'm going to go make this a reality. And, you know, to, to put it more into to real terms, you know, I think it was um, January 2019. So not that long ago, I was, I was uh, neck deep in, in some consulting work and, you know, long hours and traveling all the time. And, you know, so it, it is my birthday, we are going to celebrate, but it's on a Sunday, you know, and, and I'm, I think I'm turning 38 at the time, 37. And, and, you know, not that special a year, not, not something to super celebrate, but, you know, out with a few friends and grabbing one gin drink, it's delicious, grabbing a second, you know, and a, I think a friend wanted to buy it, uh, you know, round number three, and I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to pump the brakes here, and I'm going to switch to water. Um, I got to get up early, I got to get you a flight. And, uh, you know, I have to I have to pitch some high level managers and do all the things that consultants do on on a Monday morning. And, you know, so I, I caught a little flack for that. And they're just like, hey, what do you mean? It's your birthday, you can drink as much as you want. Who cares how you feel in the morning? <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, I actually care about how I feel in the morning, I, I need to be at the top of my game, I like to be sharp in the office. 
Um, and I don't know that more alcohol in my system the night before is, is going to serve that. So, you know, I made the conscious effort to stop. I still had a good time with my friends and we chit chatted and, you know, went home a few, few hours later. But there really was like a little moment there of like, why can't I keep drinking the flavorful, complex beverages that I want without the alcohol that I don't want anymore? Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I tucked that away went about my life and a couple more months of the consulting gig, it, it wound down say in March or so. And, you know, I'm at the gym and I bump into my now co-founder Ben at Monday and, you know, he's a serial entrepreneur, big um, online marketing and DDC guy. And, and, and we just always hit it off when we see each other chat about, Hey, what's new and what's next, what's hot. And he's like, Hey, you wound down your consulting thing. Like I know, you're not just gonna go to sleep. I, I know you're thinking about something. What are you thinking about? And I kind of just blurted it out. I was like, what about gin that tastes like gin without the alcohol? You know, and I, I think that's a that's a crazy thing to say out loud and it needs a backstory, right? And, and the beautiful thing about this was I didn't really have to say much more than that. And I see like Ben's eyes light up and he, and he basically goes, yes. Like I've actually been thinking about this too um, and, and he's got four young kids at home. He sits on three or four boards at any given time, like just a super entrepreneurial go get it. Right. And, and we're just like, Hey, you know, we're here at the gym working out and, and we're competitive. We're competitive, you know, in our office spaces. Like the last thing we can do is be hung over for a couple of days, um, drinking too much alcohol. Right. But we still miss the experience and being out with people and having, that beverage that you really enjoy. And so we're like, okay, are we just two crazy guys? Um, you know, is this a thing, right? So I think we we kind of went our, our separate ways. He, he went to his space, which is online, digital, kind of looking for white spaces, um, keywords, looking for trends online. I actually went the opposite direction and um, I had a brief background in hospitality and nightlife in San Diego. Um, so I, I kind of went, you know, I, I, I hit the concrete, right? I hit the pavement. Um, just asking people like, hey, are bartenders being asked to make lots of non-alcoholic beverages? You know, are, are people switching after a couple of drinks to something less hard? All of those types of things. And, you know, we, we brought both our learnings back and, and we came to a very strong conclusion. Like, this is a thing. People are definitely interested in non-alcoholic beverages that still taste good. Um, and it seems like a very underserved area and it seems like a category that's growing. You know, we definitely saw at the time the UK and EU kind of had the rise of dry January. Um, there were some products in the space. So we're kind of like, yeah, this is a thing. I'm sure it'll jump ship here, get to the East coast pretty soon. And, you know, become something that's, that's nationwide, if not worldwide. And Hey, maybe we're early. Um, all of those things were pointing to like, hey, this is this is ripe for entrepreneurs to to pounce at, right? And we're like, okay, so let's wait. You know, there's a couple things happening. There's a couple products in the UK, EU, and we're just like, hey, like maybe we'll be customers if if they're good. You know, why bother, right? And mm-hmm. tried tried a few things that were out there. Waited for the the long shipping times overseas and. Um, their websites and, and packaging were, were pretty decent. They had a great story. 
um, a lot of alignment there, right? And so some of the things they said resonated with us. We, we got all the way to the pouring of the liquid in the glass, the mixing and the tasting. And, and it just, the tasting was so disappointing to us. And, and, you know, no, no judgment to those brands. Like, you know, they, they helped get us to where we are and, and inspired us to, to pursue this. But, you know, for us, it just, it, it was just short, right? On, on the taste side. So we're just like, ah, we really want this for us and, and this growing group around us who says that they want what we want. And, you know, let's just take the plunge, right? So I, I saved some pennies from consulting. I was like, let me just jump into this full time. Let's see if we can we can produce something good um, and get this going. So, you know, I think it was like April of that year, you know, I just got on the phones to, to US-based distillers. And, you know, I, I as the story goes, I, I got laughed off the phone about 85 times and they're just, <laughs> you know, what, what do you mean? You're, you're taking the best part of gin out of gin. Like, are you insane? Like, get off my phone. Don't ever, don't ever contact me. You know, it was, it was a lot of that. Right. And, and I think like, you know, there's two ways to think about that. I think is, is, you know, Hey, wow, this is crazy. I should stop. And I think the, the inner entrepreneur is like, wow, keep going. Like, the last thing you'd want is 85 calls where they're super interested and they're like, yeah, we can do this for nothing. I do this all the time. Um, right. So I love that, right? The needle in the haystack. And, and I think it was call 86 was to our today's distiller and, and mastermind behind all of our, you know, formulations. And, you know, he's a guy around our age, like, you know, late thirties entrepreneurial set out on his own, created his own distillery. He is an award-winning, you know, spirits maker of the hard stuff. And I, I gave him the same spiel and, and basically is like, you know, I see non-alk as a trend. I understand what you're trying to do. Um, I make some gin in house. You guys have a very um, distinct and focused flavor profile that you want. Like, I understand that. I think I can do it, but uh, you know, no guarantees, you know, but let, let's take the ride. So, you know, that was enough for us. Like we wrote them some personal checks on the spot. We don't have a company. We don't have anything yet. We're just like, Hey, you know, hopes and dreams here. Let, let's see what you can do. And kind of that, that really was, was the impetus of it. And just we're, we're off and running um, into the spring and summer kind of building up this founder team, um, continuing to do some online testing, making sure there is a market. And, you know, I think mid summer we tasted our first, uh, our first, batches of non-alk gin um and they were really good you know two two were god awful and one was like man it was like 80 <laughs> percent there and we're just like wow it's this is a thing it's already better in our opinion than some of the other competitors and we know we can make it even better so i think that was the moment of like mark the celebration right of like hey this is this is going to be a thing and you know, funny story is like we, we celebrated with alcoholic gin and tonics and we left the Monday and tonic on, on the table and we got confused by which one was which. So they were, they were actually holding up to the hard stuff. And, you know, I think for us, it was really a big motivator. We didn't really think that that would be possible, that it could just hold up and, and there would be a bit of confusion, which was which. So, you know, I think that was a, a huge motivator going into the fall of like, let's continue to iterate this thing. And then let's take it out to Kickstarter, right? So, you know, being a small growing movement and community of people being more mindful about their drinking, 
like I think this deserves a community-based test. So, you know, it's it's a nice marker before uh, finally going to market, making sure that that enough people believe in what you're doing and the space. So, um, fantastic place to do that. We managed to hit our goal in just two days out of a 30-day um, oh, timeline. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it was great to see like so many people enthusiastic. Um, we managed to get a finished product to those folks um, under Christmas trees, got some great mm. feedback going into like January, February, um, and then really just got into market now April 2020, which was, um, you know, an interesting time because that's uh, COVID hit right about then. And you know, wow. So, so, so I stand yeah. corrected. So it's been only a year really that you've yeah. been fully in market. Wow. I, I guess because I'm in Southern California, it's, it's easier for me because I've seen, you know, I've seen the brand around, but wow, that's, right. that's impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're actually super young in market and um, we, we have only known what it's like to sell in the COVID era. And, you know, it's always a funny question of like, <laughs> Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, this is, this is our reality. We, we only know this. And, um, it's, it's been an interesting roller coaster and, and journey and it's, um, it's been beautiful as an entrepreneur. Uh, I'd say like, this is, this is a super exciting place to be. And of course, excitement is equal parts like good and terrifying mm -hmm. sometimes within the same 20 minute span. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything and I love where we're headed. Um, we seem to be you know, changing people's lives for the better based on, you know, all the customer responses we get and people, you know, having their individual battles with alcohol and, and other things and how products like ours can kind of help make a difference in their lives from, from time to time or, or even over a long period um, to, to get them drinking a little bit less alcohol or no alcohol at all, just kind of depending on their journey. So it's been um, a very motivating experience and I think we initially did it for ourselves and for the challenge as entrepreneurs. And we're definitely now here for the community, for people, because we're, we're seeing how powerful it is that people are, are, you know, being affected by our product and products like ours. So I've, I've now switched gears to being kind of more a, a category and people champion for the space. Cause I really want the space to be, um, you know, to be, relevant and to become mainstream and to just be top of mind. So, you know, hey, five, 10, 15 years from now, any place you're out with friends at a bar, at a restaurant, you have non-alcoholic options. It's not this thing where it's something to talk about, right? It's just, it's normal, I think. Um, I love so, that. Yeah. yeah. I totally yeah. love that. And, you know, it's the, the non-alcoholic options that you see these days. Um, they're also not very satisfying, right? So, right. you know, out, out, out in, in restaurants. And you and I talked about um, it a little bit offline, um, that, that a lot a lot about, you know, having a drink at the end of the day or having a drink on the weekend, um, a lot of, of it is a ritual, right? It's a lot about, you know, like what kind of glassware you use, you know, the, the ice cubes you put in, you mix it and then you enjoy it. And it's not really all about the alcohol, right? I mean, a lot of it is just psychological. And I think going into that space and being able to pour yourself a chin tonic at the end of a Monday 
and there comes the name, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is which is by the way, I mean, awesome name, right? <laughs> I mean that that just I mean that that is just so convincing, right? From day one, you know that why why is it Monday? Oh, it doesn't take too long to figure that out, right? And so you know to to have it to have a chin tonic on a Monday evening and feel good about it, um, you know, and it's not only for high achievers; it's not only for people who want to be super healthy. I mean, there there's there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of people who would enjoy that. So. Um, Really excited about that. And let's let's talk about, so, so you launched through Kickstarter, uh, but just recently you did your first round of actual funding, which raised just north of a million dollars from 1,366 Republic investors and five angels. So talking about community. <laughs> why yeah. did you why did you go down that route and, and how did it treat you besides having, you know, a million bucks and 1,366 <laughs> super fans, which obviously is, is, is priceless. Um, but, yes. but tell us a little bit about that, uh, that experience. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, 2020 being in market about nine months, um, what we experienced in that COVID era of sales was like um, feast and famine at the same time, right? So feast, as in we're, we're DDC focused, we're digital. So there's more eyeballs on the internet than ever in the COVID era. That's fantastic for a new product and a new space. Cr- sparks a lot of curiosity, gets us more attention, um, all that good stuff um, that everybody already knows. That's great. Um, and then we sell out, right? So I think when we were in market, we had three months of inventory. It sold out in three weeks. And everyone's like, great, you have the best problem in the world. Go get some more stock. <laughs> and I'm like, well, in the COVID era, there is no stock to get. And, you know, now you're, there are worldwide shortages and, and massive delays and then costs are going up. All of those things are the worst things for a brand new, uh, you know, brand in a brand new category. So I, I think um, there was a lot of, a lot of learnings and, and a lot of like, this is, this can only go so far, so fast as a bootstrap, right? And, you know, doing it ourselves and, and putting every dollar back into the business, it's still not enough to make those mature, bigger buys on the raw material side or, you know, hey, there's massive shortages here. So now you're fighting with big alcohol for like raw juniper materials to make your gin, mm. you know, things like that. Those, those aren't things overcome by anything other than money, quite honestly. And yeah. we're just like, hey, you know, this, this has traction in the market. It makes sense for people. We're here for people. Let's do right by them. Let's grow this thing. Um, so I think going on the investment trail till end of 2020, you know, we were approached by conventional money, institutional money, professional money, wh- whatever you want to call it. We, we definitely re- went down that more conventional route and, you know, had those talks. I, I think ultimately where we came to is like, let's stay true to our roots. Let's be authentically about the people, the movement, the community. Cause we get so, so many people saying like, Hey, how can I help? Like I, I believe in this category. I want to do my part. What, what is that about? Or, Hey, how can I be part of Monday? You know, how can I contribute? How can I invest? And, and these are regular folks, right? These aren't people with a million bucks to, to write a single check. Um, you know, we, we just kind of pieced all that together and we're just like, Hey, we see this rise in equity crowdfunding and, and platforms like Republic and they're raising millions of dollars and they're gathering up these customers and industry champions and brand fans and saying like, Hey, if you have a credit card and want to put down a hundred bucks and, and grab some equity in this company, or you want to, you know, write a check for a hundred thousand, anywhere in between, 
um, come do this, right? So we, we looked into it, we're like, it's like Kickstarter on steroids, but it's even better in that like when we are successful, those investors and, and those champions also win with us. And, and I think like I saw that as so aligned to what we are, this, this mission driven thing that we've built. Um, I, I'm all in on that, right? So yeah, we went yeah. down that path, we, we created a campaign and, and every day there's, there's um, big questions from investors and you answer them on a very transparent like forum style thing. And, and it's a little scary because I think the first <laughs> thing is like, okay, old school business, you know, background that I have and, and business management, um, you know, degree and all that stuff from way back. It's just like, hey, don't, don't show your hands, right? And now the new age is like, all right, everything is transparent. Your pricing's out there, your model, your strategy, your plan. And, you know, that's yeah, a little scary. scary. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and I think ultimately we were just like, you know, we're so transparent about what we do with people. Like, let's just take the plunge. It makes sense for us. And I think I, I am so glad we did it because in the end, I, I think like we can show you what we're doing but you have to go out and do it if you want to compete, right? Or if you want to copy, I'm like, it, there's a ton of work in that. And mm -hmm. I think we're farther ahead. And I, and I honestly think our founding team is better at it than anyone else. So it's, it's almost like another like, hey, I, I can show you the recipe, but you still have to cook the meal. And exactly. there's a lot that can go wrong in that cooking. So, you know, good luck to you. I think the rewards are worth that risk. And we're garnering lots of support because of that transparency. So you know, our campaign was successful, luckily, and we got a ton of feedback that one of the reasons is like, we were very transparent and, and very like, long winded in our responses. So people could learn not just about the the plain what, but the why behind it. And I think that's why people want to get behind young brands, because they have a very strong why they have a mission. And it's not like a nameless, faceless organization that only makes money, right? It's not a transaction. It's about a, a long-term relationship, some someone or some group of people that you can really get behind. I totally, I totally agree. I, I advised an entrepreneur the other day, and he was like, you know, we we have to have, you know, we, we have to have five hundred sales in the first month. And I, I told him, no, you have to have a hundred super fans in the first month. You know, a hundred people who really love what you do. They stand behind it. They share it, um, and and that's it. That is so much more important. And so the idea that you suddenly have. 1,366 investors who love your product, <laughs> right? That, I right. mean, how, how that spreads. I mean, that's already 6,000 people right there, the way that that spreads. Um, right. it, it's, it's, really, it's really intriguing. Um, it, talking about Zeitgeist, um, in, in, in your eyes or based on your experience, how important is the idea of offering and claiming small batch or artisanal um, to today's consumer? Because we see it everywhere, and, and, and I myself buy into it, and, and, and I would advise others you know, to, to do the same because it just makes sense. But how important do you see that? I know it's on your bottles too, the idea of small batch. Yeah. You know, I, I love the um, artisanal, handmade, small batch idea. And I think what we're trying, you know, so I'd say short, short answer, it's very important. Um, one, because it's authentic to what we do for products. So our products are handmade in a 3000 square foot family owned distillery. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to get across there is like, this is not a mass produced 
thing in a nameless, faceless organization. Um, we are not big ALK. We, we don't churn out millions of gallons of this stuff. Like it's, it's very handcrafted and, you know, just trying to get that across of like, it, it's, we're doing stuff that us and other brands in our space that, that hasn't really been done before. Like nobody's really tried to make beverages that taste like alcohol, but without alcohol, it's, it's a lot harder than one might think. And, and we're really just scratching the surface of what that looks like. So it requires a lot of R and D and, and a lot of science and, and there aren't a lot of efficient ways to do it at scale. And I really wanted to, to give off that vibe because I, I think um, when you, when you speak, when you, when your customers are digital, there, there is both an inherent like closeness to them. Like you can communicate with them more than other means like, like brick and mortar or retail, but you also can also get that trollish effect where people stand at a glance, they see your stuff and they judge it without really knowing it. And what we're trying to do is like break down that wall that we're not this nameless, faceless group. We are, we are a small group of passionate humans that really care about the product and the people. And, and I think that's one of the ways that, that we communicate that. And that's going to be interesting, you know, with you scaling Monday's production, which inherently you will, because, you know, the product, the product's great. I'm sure people are going to, you know, start start loving it more and more. You want it to spread, right? And then at some point, you know, if, if you if you grow the brand, you know, quite a bit, um, you know, not losing that authenticity and not losing that idea where you can't maybe put small batch on it anymore, but, you know, still still keeping that, um, you know, that that's going to be that that's going to be the big, big and exciting next challenge. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, um, I agree with you and I look forward to having that problem. Right. And, <laughs> and I think we're, we're, we're evolving. Right. And it's, I, I don't think we'll go from the 3000 square foot distillery to the 300,000 square foot industrial facility, uh, probably in my, my time with Monday. Right. But we are making that change of like, Hey, our distiller now is looking at say a 15,000 square foot facility and it basically scales up with, I'm, I'm going to say like bigger tanks or bigger stills and more staff rather than like massive auto, automated robots that just, you know, somebody pushes a button on one side and, and somebody moves a pallet on the other side, right? It's, it's um, I, by the way, I'm assuming that's how it works in Big Elk. I, I could be wrong with <laughs> you. Um, but, you know, I think that's like the, that's the Elon Musk way of maybe um, making handcrafted goods. And, and we're, we're not there yet. I'm not sure what that looks like. I know that we'll kind of grow in ways that make sense of like, I, I love caring human hands and eyes and ears, kind of just looking around and being surrounded by our product. And mm-hmm. as much as I can do that, I'm going to continue to do that because I think um, caring people that, you know, have a sense of pride in what they're doing and, and share our mission driven alignment there. Like that's the key to really making this thing real and, and ensuring good quality product reaches amazing customers. Yeah, no, that's truth right there. Um, so Monday as, as a brand is known as much for its alcohol free chin, which, which now is also its whiskey um, as it is for the gorgeous 
Art Deco-inspired label design. Your brand convinced through impeccable design from day one, uh, at least I assume, uh, because that's that those were the labels that I've seen from 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 the beginning, um, which is really rare these days to do that from the beginning with any startup, um, even in the retail environment where there is strong data suggesting how shelf appeal is everything. Why why was design so important to you? Yeah, I mean, um, you know. Uh, Marcelo is our co-founder and, and chief creative. The, uh, I have to get you guys connected up because I think you would vibe on so many levels. Like everything he creates is is completely gorgeous. And he has this very deep track record of creating amazing things for countless brands. And, um, you know, he's he's the most talented guy that I've ever met. And, and we're so grateful to have him. He he created Monday after we basically, uh, Ben and I founders gave him kind of a brief of like, Hey, here's the space. Here's, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're thinking. And, and just kind of led him to his own ideals. And, and the, the art deco inspiration there is so beautiful. I think honestly, we were thinking about it in 2019, thinking of like, okay, 2020, we're coming into a new era of the roaring twenties. I think art deco, hmm could make a comeback. We, we see that with some of the new brick and mortars in LA kind of kind of doing this. So we're, we're seeing some trends, right, you know, and, and playing off those and, you know, hey, the last thing we expected is COVID, right, which is which is anti 2020s, <laughs> but we actually think there'll be a resurgence of people being out and people having a good time, um, you know, hopefully when when COVID starts to settle down a bit. So we do have the rest of the decade to kind of uh, work with that original concept. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately, we wanted a gorgeous bottle that I think stood out on a shelf, but then equally looked like it belonged on a liquor shelf when you're mm -hmm. looking at a beautiful bar or a restaurant, and you're sitting there, your belly up to the bar, you have a drink, you see the bottle, and you're like, that's both beautiful, but it fits. And I think that's what we really want to be is like a familiar looking bottle that does stand out, which I, I realize those are two separate things, but but in a way they they fit, right? It's like this is both it belongs here, but it is more beautiful than the other. So I'm gonna look totally. at it. You, you guys totally nailed that, and and that's why that's why I was I was so fascinated with your brand from you know from 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 the beginning pretty much um, you know as I now learn because it's only been a year, um, <laughs> but you know I mean th there were a lot of things that you said that that, that are really interesting. The idea of um, of fitting in yet standing out that is literally one to one you know what I try to do with every single brand I, I work with right because you you have to fit into the industry you have to fit into the marketplace but on the other hand you also need to stand out. And how do you do that? And that's really where that's really where all the work goes into. You know how do, how do you do that? And I think for you guys going into a new category but fitting into the alcohol category, um, that was that was even more so important. And going back to the idea of the Roaring Twenties and Art Deco and all of that, I, I do believe this this still even with people not being able to go out and party and have that whole you know idea of what we thought that 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 last year would be about. 
I think people were craving it and you gave them a way that they could still have that vibe at home, right? Um, and, you know, it's, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's no secret that people started drinking a lot. Right. <laughs> Because right. we, I mean, it was a crap of a year, however you look at right. it, right? And even though, you know, a, a lot of brands, including yourself, you know, you know, were successful, it was still from a, from a, you know, human perspective, it was just a crap year. And, you know, and, and so I think that, that it was, still timely i mean use it i mean it was still you know the the design and everything is it still fit in uh tremendously and you know my my big question was you know or or would have been how how does one bootstrap design and still get great results right and i think that your process from from the from the get-go you had someone on the team it sounds like who who was a strong designer and you just that that was a that was an early decision right Yes, um, it, a complete stroke of luck that Marcelo was available and uh, excited by our project. I, I think he um, he gets courted by by dozens of brands weekly, and and I think the idea of this was to really um, set up a co-founded super team of people who could really do the majority of the work needed to stand up. Um, a brand and a minimum set of viable products, get them to market, see if there's some scale. And if there is like, pour some, pour some fuel on that, on that fire. Um, so that was really the onset. And I think we got him excited by that idea. Like, Hey, let's, let's copy and paste this with some other exciting products kind of going forward on, on the entrepreneurial side that definitely caught his attention. And I think Monday in particular was very exciting for him maybe hearing from me, I'm, I'm very passionate about the space in particular. And I was like, Hey, you know, like this thing could really go farther than anything else we work on. I can't think of something that's more new and exciting. We're really on the cusp of a, a brand new category. I don't know that you can say that too many times in your career. Um, so I, I think we brought him aboard for that reason. And just, my God, we, we wouldn't have been able to do it. I, 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 I don't know what our brand would look like if we had to go bootstrap that, right? Because it's you, you only get so much bang for your buck on that side. It, you totally. know, I think a, a Marcelo would have said, you know, hey, here's here's a big six figure price tag for for Monday's branding, and we'd be like, that's gorgeous. We want it, and we can't afford it. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. I think having him in early makes the most sense. And he's been you can't really buy his level of talent because he's so immersed in the brand um, from day one. And yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really the best place to be. And I think there's a lot to learn for entrepreneurs out there, right? Make, make, make people that you think would be important to the success of your company co-founders, right? Like let the ego, let the ego slide. And, and then for, for a lot of designers out there and marketers, you know, strive for that, strive to become the person that people want to reach out to and say, look, I want to make you a co-founder you know, um, yeah. on, on, on that level, because great stuff will be created um, when you're when you're at that level, because skin is in the game. So I agree completely. I think um, especially, you know, I'm 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 not a creative, uh, but I respect the creative process as creators. You have the you will have more creative control than ever if you can become part of that co-founding team. And your assets that you bring to the table are really priceless, especially early on, because nobody wants to fund that. And when you fund it with an agency, there's there's inherent problems with that, right? Because mm -hmm. they're never going to be a founder level immersement there. So you'll never really get, you know, the, the vibe. 
And, and yep. I feel yep. like having that founder level, I, that, that's one of the best decisions that we ever made from day one. And I think um, you'll hear a mixed bag across entrepreneurship, you know, thought processes of like, hey, you know, you, you should own 80 to 90%, don't give it away for nothing. We're more of the mindset, there's, there's six or seven of us, uh, you know, and, and we don't have a ton each, but collectively we all know we're necessary pieces of the puzzle that we'd not want to or be able to pay for on the street and you wouldn't get nearly as good, you know, quality return there. So I'm, I'm a big fan of like forming a good, you know, super team that can, can do the majority of the, of the high level things in, in a high quality way instead of owning a ton of equity and something that you have to continuously outsource. And, and because of what you just said, it makes it so easy for you to suddenly have, you know, 1,366 or whatever, um, you know, investors, because you can talk openly and honestly about it. Because the way that the, the entire team has been structured, it seems like, you know, it, 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 already, it already shows how, how you guys work, you know, yeah. and, and I, think, I think it's really great. Right. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think the um, the platform to be so transparent and direct, I think, is one of the key reasons we did so well um, on Republic with with equity crowdfunding. And and to go back to your original, you 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 really nailed it. The you know, of course, the the money is is completely essential for for Republic and the raise that we did. But grabbing the thirteen hundred plus investors is arguably worth more than that over the long term because now you have mm -hmm. people who are so The, the pride of ownership of like, hey, everybody I know, take a look at this shiny new investment. Isn't it gorgeous? And, and let me share that with as many people as I can. That's better than anyone you could pay to be your brand ambassador. Um, it's it's going to be really powerful over time, too. We're already seeing um, these people being very highly connected, introducing us to interesting doors or interesting other opportunities. So I think that is really a seed that is yet to propagate. And I can't wait for that to, to really start getting going too. So um, highly recommend that too as a path for, for other entrepreneurs. Very, very cool. And it's a pretty new path and not many uh, have, have had the guts to take it yet. So I think, I think this was really, really educational. Um, you know, go, going back, I mean, you've, you know, you've, you've been, you've been a consultant, you know, you've been in the business world for, for a pretty fair amount of time. You know, now you've been, you, you created, co-created, <laughs> may I say, um, <laughs> this, uh, this, this, this brand, which really came on the marketplace and it looked like it's a brand, you know, it's not like this is a startup, this is a new, this is a brand you looked at the label and you're like this is legit what what does this often misunderstood uh label of branding what does that word what does the word branding mean to you um after you've been through your journey so far oh man i feel like the an any answer i give isn't isn't gonna you know you're the, you're the grand expert i uh i feel like i'm gonna <laughs> fall short well, no matter what i think Look, um, look, I am I am practicing in different ways than you are practicing, right? And I think it is so. To me, it is always so much more important to hear it from someone who's actually been going through it and how they see it um, than from you know the textbooks, right, or whatever I write or whatever I see. So I, I in, in no way <laughs> would I ask that question if I if I if I didn't think that um, you know whatever your answer is that it wouldn't be um, in, in, insightful. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'd say uh, if Marcelo listens to this, please know I only speak for myself in case uh, <laughs> in case I blow it. Um, you know, I think I think the brand is important 
peak, you know, and I'll come from a place of like non-alk is brand new up and coming. And there needs to be a lot of like education on why this exists and why it's good for you and how to use it. And then I think about like the product and its placement, right? So we're thinking top shelf and we're thinking again, both familiar, you know, fitting in, but standing out. And then we're thinking about like, hey, Monday is familiar and I think it garners some curiosity. So, you know, taking those ideas and bringing it into something of like, hey, the brand needs to be gorgeous and it needs to be beautiful. It needs to be a showstopper. We're, we're kind of like, hey, what if it was on a grocery store shelf and how do you get people to stop and look at that? So kind of thinking about that brand is like, hey, how does it grab your attention? And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll actually go to our, our, our true roots, which is digital. How does our brand grab you? It stops your scroll and it makes you want to be curious and to look farther into what that product is or what we're up to. Because it's really hard to grab people the other way of like, hey, this is our mission and vision, right? You're going to scroll past that, right? Because it's text or it's not that sexy, right? But the, the brand needs to be sexy and a showstopper. Um, really our model label, I'd say, is that primary means. We, we have a lot of branding elements on our website that I think are gorgeous and, and kind of lend itself to like staying on the site, scrolling and exploring a bit. So we really want that entry point of being visually stimulating. So you may look a little bit deeper and you may get a little bit of education behind that. And I think um, that's really what we want to do is like, hey, what's the entry point to grab your attention so we can Mm -hmm. start to tell you about the space, the people and the products. And I like when you said, you know, the idea of curiosity, you know, that that curiosity is directly linked with branding, um, because you just have to get people more curious to to keep going, right, to either grab the bottle in the retail or to keep scrolling down the page more or and, 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 and design, right, and, and, and headlines and words and, you know, that, that all of that is the brand, right? And that's what it that's what it needs to do. The curiosity, I think it's I think it's super interesting. You know, some of the copy that you you, you guys uh, write on the site, you know, or, or on your social media handles, uh, one of them really caught my attention where you say free of alcohol but full of spirit um which i really like i mean that to me is is the brand right it feels it feels like this i love that well as we're slowly coming coming to an end because i want to be mindful of your time um do you have any 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 brand advice that you might have not already shared with us um for founders you know for 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 new founders for new startups um as as a takeaway anything that you learned in the last uh in the last year plus where you feel like you know what um that's something that i would like to, to 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 give them on their on their own path yeah it, absolutely. I, you know, I think if you tie brand in closely to the to your to your foundational entrepreneurial journey, right, which I think we both do, um, I, I would definitely say like, get with your team that you feel confident about that you've recruited and brought together, and have have many as many as needed open candid conversations about like your why for starting, because I think having that foundational bedrock of like why you're doing this and and you know having this mission and vision that you're all aligned on will help form that brand and make it rock solid and i think um if you do that right everything else will kind of work itself out because you always have that to look back on and say like yeah on your hardest days you can just be like 
why am I doing this? Like, this is crazy, the stuff I'm, I'm into. And then you kind of look back to that and that's your reminder of like, okay, that's why I'm here. And mm-hmm. that's, why that, that, that's why the brand exists. And it becomes like bigger than yourself. So it really, I think, grounds you into like on your roughest days kind of supporting you. And then on your best days, like really using that as like a way to fuel that, that going even farther than you thought possible. So I would always like come back to the why and making sure it's rock solid, making sure it continues to speak to you. And if it starts to not, you need to bring that group back together and really think through that again, right? So it's, it's never like a in concrete, it's dynamic, um, but it should always be accurate. A hundred ten percent. Really, really well said. Uh, and and your your piece of brand advice is my number one piece of brand advice for founders at all times. To anyone listening uh, to me, you know, more often um, or having worked with me, they all know that, right? It's it's really answering answering that why behind your brand is is key to to everything, right? I mean, it's the foundation of your brand. So super super thrilled that you uh, cool. that, that that you said that too. So okay, what well, what's next for for the Monday brand? Um, what are you excited about in the next six months? Usually, I would say maybe there's some things you can't tell us yet, but I know you're a very transparent brand, um, and you you have people that you need to report to. What, what are you excited about? What's happening in the next half year? Yeah, yeah, you know, great, great question. I think I'm excited about so much stuff. We're we're I think with the onset of of this last investment tranche, we're we're kind of quote unquote like a, a real company, if you will. So, you know, now that cash has helped us kind of mature supply chain. So now we, we actually have the product we need to meet demand for the first time ever, which means awesome. it's time to scale, it's time to grow, it's time yeah. to reach more people and, and excite more pallets and all that good stuff. And I think along with that growth comes more products. So I think, um, you know, happy to share with, with you and your listeners that we're working on a third spirit and it is gonna be tequila. Oh, great. Yeah, so I'm glad know, it's not vodka. You know, you're yeah. you're, going, you're going towards the taste. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, vodka is such a touchy subject, and, and yeah. probably for another time. But it's like there there are there are aficionados who who hate the idea that that vodka is tasteless. I think I'm more in the camp of like it's really hard to bring genuine value to a group that thinks about vodka. And I'm just like I don't I don't I don't want to go there. And I think yeah, yeah. tequila tequila made perfect sense. We love to paint in broad strokes on the flavor front. So we're like, hey, hit you over the head, London dry gin, uh, American style whiskey, and now like a, like a deep flavorful, like Reposado or Anejo style tequila, like smooth sipper, but also great in a margarita. And now we're talking about with a trio of spirits, we think we can reach a much larger population. Now it's like of the three, there's generally someone who likes one of those three, right? And and yeah. you know, hey, yeah. if we haven't reached you yet, we're 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 on our way. But I think like th- those will hit a majority of palettes in a way that that people like. Margaritas are very popular. Um, so, you know, we're excited about opportunity to reach more people, please more palettes there. And you know, I think on the brand and marketing side kind of just evolve like, like i said we're, we're kind of at this crossroads of like evolving and trying to get more of our culture of care involved um so trying to bubble that up through the brand i think is is interesting and something i'm i'm very passionate about doing um i like to break down those initial walls with people that you sometimes get online of just like hey we are people who care trying to help you and i think once we break down those walls 
it becomes a very productive relationship and, and enacts long time, you know, happy customers. So I think yeah. if we can, we can get more of that going, um, we're really getting back to that core idea of why you share drinks with other people. It's to socialize, it's to break down those walls so you can connect fully. And, you know, virtual, there's a wall, right? And we're trying to break through that. And I think if, if we can do that, there's a lot of alignment there between like face-to-face -face versus uh, virtual connections all through drinks, which I really think is that, that middle ground that people can agree on that they both enjoy something and, you know, can talk about it or talk about life while they're yeah. enjoying a drink. So that's, that's really what we're headed toward. And um, I'm very excited for that part of the journey. Exciting, exciting times all, all around that I, I can't wait to, to sit in a to sit in a bar and actually see the assortment of, of all three of your of your offerings uh, up there on the shelf. And it, it's going to look so beautiful. And, and, and it becomes a talking point, too, right? Because if there are three different ones, then it, you know, you, it really becomes a presence um, and uh, greatly looking forward to that. Well, where, where can people find Monday? Um, you know, where where can they find you online? You know, uh, what what uh, social media channels do you want them to follow? Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks so much for that. I mean, I think our website is your best bet. So drinkmonday.co is where you can find us and, and get get more in tune with what the, our product offerings are about, what we're about. And then our Instagram is probably your best bet um, as well. So at Drink Monday. Um, so yeah, we'd, I'd love to, to welcome in any of your listeners interested in learning about the space. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think You, you've cultivated this this group of, of brand centric folks and experts. So I know I'll tread lightly there, but uh, you know, what, welcoming in any any and all newcomers. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure people, uh, if, if anything, um, I would encourage everyone to, uh, to to check out the design. It's really impeccable, um, and, uh, and and yeah, it's 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 a lifestyle that I think everyone. Everyone should be at least equipped, um, you know, to, to become part of this lifestyle. Um, maybe not not twenty four seven and every day and every week right. and every month, but it is something that I think uh, it's 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 a really great thing. And I loved hearing um, not only your story, but but how you actually built uh, built the, the company on on on, on transparency and authenticity. So thank you so much for carving out uh, so much time of your day to 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 be with us today. It's my extreme pleasure. Thanks so much for, for letting me ramble on about all the things that I love. I, I uh, super grateful. Oh, it was a great pleasure. Chris Boyd of Monday. Pretty amazing to make a creative a co-founder and to allow hundreds of people to own a piece of your brand. There was a lot I took away from the conversation and I hope you did as well. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited, as usual, by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time, when we once again will be hitting the